Welcome to Category Visionaries, the show dedicated to exploring exciting visions for the future from the founders who are on the front lines building it. In each episode, we'll speak with a visionary founder who's building a new category or reimagining an existing one. We'll learn about the problem they solve, how their technology works, and unpack their vision for the future. I'm your host, Brett Stapper, CEO of Frontlines Media. Now let's dive right into today's episode. Hey, everyone, and thanks for listening. Today, I'm speaking with Joseph Fung, CEO of Uvaro, a career success platform that's raised over $15 million in funding. Joseph, thanks for chatting with me today. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Brett. Looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, no problem. So before we begin talking about what you're building, let's start with a quick summary of who you are and a bit more about your background. For sure. Computer engineer by training, but I'm a terrible engineer. I am very happy to have co-founders who write production code for me. I've had the good fortune of running a few tech companies all in the B2B SaaS space. So this is company number five. And the steel cable through all of those has been building great places to work to help people do amazing things. Nice. I love it. And two questions we'd like to ask just to better understand what makes you tick as a CEO and as a leader. What CEO are you studying the most right now? Oh, my goodness. Yvonne Chouinard, the uh, former CEO of Patagonia, just an incredible story of making the world a better place and also building an epic company. I think there's a lot we could learn from. Nice. I love some of the, uh, I don't want to call them stunts, but they feel like stunts. Like when he banned, uh, what did he do? He banned the vest from being sold to the finance bros. I thought that was pretty good. Totally. Not being allowed to brand the property. I mean, those things are all controversial, earned him a ton of press, but being able to take a principled stance is incredible. And then being able to bake it into the way he actually structures the company is even more admirable. I think there's a lot of clever ideas in there we can learn from. Agreed. And I love what he does and what Patagonia does is it feels so authentic and real. I see a lot of companies out there where they do these announcements or do these things and you just can kind of see through the ESG BS, you know, but theirs seems to be very real and very authentic. And I, I really admire that as well. That's exactly it. When you're running a company and you want to make the world a better place, it's really important that you're not just virtue signaling. And we're in the midst of that ourselves and trying to make sure that we're authentic in everything that we do. I think there's a lot we can learn from uh, Mr. Schrenacht. Totally agree. And what about books? Is there a specific book that's had the greatest impact on you? This can be a business book or it can be a personal book as well. Honestly, the two that stuck out for me, and I'm going to be that jerk who says two of them, The Effective Executive. I mean, Drucker, it's a classic, a great way to rethink what it means to be a worker in the modern economy. And he's done some great forward-looking thinking around what's going to change in the world. And then honestly, everything I need to know in life, I learned in kindergarten. Robert Fulham, super easy, super simple, but a great way to practice pulling lessons out of really simple and easy things. And so that's always a touchstone for me. Nice. I love it. Now let's talk about what you're building at Uvaro. So can you give us a high level pitch of what you do? And really, you know, what's the problem that customers are paying you to solve? Absolutely. Uvaro is a career success company. Uh, we believe that every professional in the world to achieve the most out of their career needs a partner to walk alongside them, to help them identify growth opportunities, their next jobs, their next ways to grow and develop that network for them. Our members are paying us to help them with upskilling lessons, with job matching technology, and then ongoing career coaching so that they can earn more and be more fulfilled in their careers. Nice. I love that. And what market are you focused on right now? Or what segment of the market are you focused on? Absolutely. We're a B2C company. Most of our members are coming out of service, retail, hospitality jobs. Most of them are younger people in their careers, so 25 to 35, but they want more out of life. So our members are all driven, focused on you know, leveling up the trajectory of their careers. Uh, and then we're helping them launch amazing careers in tech companies all around the world. Got it. And then from the business model perspective, how do you, how do you pay the bills and how do you make money? 
Absolutely. We charge a membership fee for our members, $250 a month. We have an innovative deferred subscription agreement. So if someone's currently earning less than 30K a year, they can actually defer the beginning of their subscription payments until they earn more than 30K. So it makes it very accessible to professionals all around the world. And then about 20% of our revenues actually come from businesses who are looking to get access to that membership or also upskill people on their existing teams. Interesting. And do you think that 80-20 split is going to continue or is that eventually going to be more balanced and, and equal? No, absolutely. If anything, it'll tilt even more further towards the members because ultimately the best way to help companies thrive is actually to make their people thrive. And so by focusing on the people first, the success for employers is a side effect and we keep them you know, dead focused as our North Star. Making sure individuals are successful is how we'll build a great company. Nice. I love that. And in terms of market category, uh, I know in the intro there, I said a career success platform. Is that a category that you're creating? Is that something that already really exists? Or what are your thoughts around the topic in general of category creation and categories? Absolutely. It's such an interesting question. And I imagine many, many founders say they're trying to create a brand new category by finding a wedge between existing ones. Uh, Ours is a little bit different, where we're actually reframing existing categories as part of a larger one. To date, people think about staffing, recruiting, social networking, all of these products as individual categories. There's two challenges, though. For an individual, they actually need to use all of those solutions to see growth in their career. And all of those existing solutions don't even serve the individual. They actually serve the business. The recruiter is paid for by the employer. The staffing agency is paid for by the employer. Even a social network is being paid for by the advertisers. The individual becomes the product. So if you take those existing subcategories, flip them on their head and put the person first, it's really easy to see they're actually all part of a single larger career success category. Interesting. That makes a lot of sense. And what do you see this category, you know, or what's it going to look like, let's say five years from now, you know, independent from what the company is doing? What do you think that this category is going to look like in five years? An easy way to think about it is by analogy. You know, most people, as they want to get more out of their financial plan, they partner with a planner. And you might call that a financial planner, a wealth advisor, you know, or, you know, my guy or my gal who's helping me with my finances. Either way, people understand that if you have a really good advisor to help you to get most out of your finances, you'll be better off. Why don't you have the same thing for your career? And that's exactly what we're delivering. That makes a lot of sense. And I, and I love that analogy. And why do you think that is? Why are people you know, focused on doing that for their finances? But when it comes to their career, you know, why do they just accept not having anything? You know, why are they content with the status quo? Or why do they accept the status quo? A large part of it is that things have changed so quickly. I mean, now we recognize the average professional entering the workforce right now is going to have an average of 18 different employers over their career. And that's a ridiculous shift, even just over the last few decades. Uh, Likewise, student debt is increasing and people's real wages on average every year, year over year for the last 25 years, half of Canadians and Americans have actually seen their real wages decline. That increasing income inequality, these are all more modern factors. So the need for that kind of advisor is more recent, but also the opportunity to actually solve the problem has only really been facilitated by more recent technologies, more recent systems, and more recent employment environments. And did I hear that right? You said the average person will change 18 times? That's right. Is that counting like you know, working at a grocery store when they're in high school or is this post-college? Post-college, if they complete college, an average of 18 employers. That's insane. What was it? Do you know what it was like you know, 50 years ago by chance? 20 years ago, the average was less than 10. 
Wow, that's insane. I didn't realize that. This part that's really scary is as we take a look at the rise of gig economy workers, all of the trends point to the fact that the majority of our workforce will be part of a contingent workforce. You know, Using Lyft, Uber, other job sharing apps, that number of employers is going to skyrocket even more. So the problem we're seeing right now sounds painful. 18 sounds like a painful number. It's only going to get more severe. That's crazy. So we're going to see some very long LinkedIn resumes. We are. We absolutely are. And what's been so fun is by tackling this problem head on, we're not necessarily changing the pace that people switch employers, but we are changing the impact that they're having there. They're earning more, they're accomplishing more for their employer and their job satisfaction and their earnings are higher. Nice. I love that. And for you, what was it about this problem specifically that said, hey, I want to go in, I want to solve this, this problem here doesn't, this shouldn't exist. What, what was it about this one specifically? There was two elements to it. The first was academic. The second was very personal. We recognized, I mentioned I've run five companies and that thing we've always tried to do is build great places to work. And we've often tried to do that with software. This company started as a software company helping employers onboard their employees. We had thousands and thousands of sales reps, hundreds of businesses using our software as an onboarding and enablement platform. And we recognized there was a lot of opportunity to do this better. But then personally, we saw the experience of my sister going through this process, a very accomplished sales professional, a very accomplished entrepreneur. I've seen what she's accomplished, everything from earning black belts to running three businesses. And as she was trying to get into tech, doors were being closed in her face, left, right, and center. And we realized that with all of this incredible technology, all of the content, all the data we had in here, we had the opportunity to launch a reskilling platform, a recareering platform to help people like my sister. And it was not only an amazing impact for her, but we saw that every business we were working with desperately wanted this solution to exist as well. And when the pandemic hit, we realized, wow, this side project we were running was actually the whole business. And it led us to make a hard pivot. And we haven't looked back since. So overall, would you say COVID had a positive impact on the business, it sounds like? Massively positive impact. Nice. Love that. And for you, was it a tough decision to decide to go the consumer route? A lot of the founders I speak to, you know, they, they tend to focus on B2B. So did you, was that a, a, you know, a tough internal decision that you had to make? Or did you know from the start that it was going to be a B2C product? It wasn't a tough decision to choose. What was hard was trying to assess how much time we should allocate on either side. You see, having employers involved is also good for the individuals. By having employers engaged, we get real-time feedback on the curriculum. We're able to curate uh, job matching and postings. It, there is a huge benefit to the individuals. So unequivocally, we knew day one that the North Star was the individual. If we can make them successful, the businesses will be successful too. What was challenging was finding the right balance. Was it going to be 50-50 in our time, 90-10? Where we're at right now, about 80-20, took a little bit of refinement and iteration to get to there. Makes a lot of sense. And in terms of traction, are there any metrics that you can share just so we have an idea of the, the scale that you're operating at here? Absolutely. Right now, we receive over 7,000 inbound applicants every month. Uh, To put that in comparison, uh, we're receiving more applications than the largest college in the U.S. It's absolutely a flood. And the part that's been so daunting is it's accelerating faster than we can grow. So it's a, a fun challenge to have, but it's also very stressful because it highlights how severe this problem is. And what are you doing to rise above all that noise and to get that type of adoption? A large part of it is our success stories. Uh, When you're impacting people's lives, letting people share their own stories is the best way to do it. And we have people who have 
They've escaped abusive work environments, people who have gotten out of very tough immigration situations, uh, people who have left workplaces that are physically dangerous, and now they're happier because instead of risking life and limb, they're selling HR from the safety of their living room. Those stories speak volumes, and letting our members share their stories is the number one way that we differentiate ourselves. And is it tough to get these people to want to share their stories or are they typically very open to being a case study and a, and a, yeah, a customer success story? It's easy and it's hard. All of our members are comfortable sharing their stories. Everybody is so involved in the community. Our reviews, our net promoter score. Honestly, the biggest challenge we have is when people do read our reviews, they're worried they sound fake because they're too good. The part that is challenging, though, is doing it in a way that really honors the individual, doesn't create a voyeuristic environment, and actually sets them up for success. The last thing we want to do is accidentally create a goldfish effect or a zoo effect. Our members have real experiences, and a lot of them are really challenging. And so letting them share their stories in a way that's authentic and doesn't create that voyeuristic effect is a real challenge. You mentioned the word community there. Can you talk me through how you define community and how you separate community from from customers? Absolutely. There's really two elements in it. The first is that idea of community. It has to take on a life of its own. It's not something that you can just force. It's not something that you can just control. And so a lot of it is giving the power, the control to our members to articulate how that's going to happen. And you know that means creating a safe space where they can you know, even host their own meetups, uh, run their own sessions. If somebody wants to run a workshop facilitating for that group, I mean, we do a lot of business training, a lot of work training. We've had members do showcases for music that they've made, run yoga classes for things that they wanted to do, or even just run their own practice sessions for, for interviews that they have coming up. So a large part of what we talk about when we say community is facilitating that groundswell of activity. The second thing that's really important is actually creating those groups, those clusters, those peer groups. You'll often hear a lot of folks in the training space talk about the power of cohorts. Cohort-based learning is super powerful. If you have multiple people going through the same content, attending the same classes, they build a lot of trust. But you need to be able to extend those groups beyond just the classroom. You, if you were going on your course in your journey, you might do one course and then be set. Someone else might need to take a couple of different courses at different times or do the same one again And if you only rely on the classroom environment to create that cohort, it can feel very artificial. Whereas if you can help pull together clusters of people on the same career journey or who have the same background, it's super powerful. Interesting. That makes a lot of sense. And let's talk about your challenges here when it comes to bringing this idea to market. As you brought this to market, what would you say has been the greatest challenge and how'd you overcome it? One of the biggest challenges is really that question of trust. A lot of the people who are stuck in a bad situation where they say, hey, I'm not getting what I want out of my career. When you get to that point, it means you've already had doors shut in your face. You've been told you can't succeed. You've been told you'll never accomplish much. There's so much negative self-talk there that sometimes it's hard to believe that an opportunity that's put in front of you is real and substantial. We'll get a lot of people who reach out and then, you know, disappear in the process because they don't think it's real. And then they come back a month or two later and realize, oh my goodness, this is a real thing. I should have done it months ago. And so getting over that credibility barrier is a tough one, especially in an early stage company when when you have 500 reviews and they're all five stars. It's not surprising that people are skeptical about that. And so the credibility challenge is probably the biggest thing. And for us, a large part of it to overcome that has been consistency, has been working in the open and asking our members to respond when others reach out to them. And without the power of that community, I don't think we could have overcome it. 
Love it. Last couple of questions here for you. What excites you most about the work you get to do every day? I can hear the passion in your voice, so I can tell you're excited, but uh, what specifically excites you the most? We're making such a profound impact on our members. I mean, the stats are exciting. 80% employment, 98% satisfaction, 120% income lift. Those are great, and they sit well on a pitch deck. But the part that's so crazy is when members reach out to me and say things like, Yuvaro saved my life, or I credit the 180 turnaround in my life to Yuvaro. And every week, we have members who are crying with joy when they reach out to us about the impact and the change it's had in their life. That, that human impact, that's incredible. It's really hard to have that kind of an impact when you're not building a category-defining company. And I feel incredibly privileged that we get to do that every day. Amazing. Last question here for you. And I know we talked about category, but let's talk about the company now. So if we zoom out, what's the three-year vision for the company? Right now, we're focused in customer-facing roles, primarily in tech and service companies. Over time, we're going to continue following our members along their journeys. We have management roles, senior leadership roles. You'll see a greater variety of roles and career paths that our members can have. That's the first one. The second thing is really taking things globally. Today, a large part of our work involves live sessions. And so we tend to focus on the North American time zones. But as our members go further afield, take roles internationally, uh, we know that our membership is going to expand globally as well. And that's super exciting. Amazing. Unfortunately, that's all we're going to have time to cover for today. Before we wrap, if people want to follow along with your journey as you build, where's the best place for them to go? following us at uvaro.com is a great place to start or they can hit me up on social. I'm at Joseph Fung, all one word on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Feel free to hit me up. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time. This is a really fun conversation and really love what you're building and wish you best of luck in executing on this vision. Thanks so much, Brett. Keep in touch. Thank you.